how can I address unwanted behavior? I mean, obviously, there's good behavior, there's poor behavior, and both of them have effect on your team. But how can you manage that? Welcome to the Power Hour, your hour where you can find out what is holding you back, your hour where you can find things where you can be better, your hour where you find new ways how you can lead your team to success, or your hour where you can have a breakthrough and do things totally differently. This is your Power Hour with me. I am Coach Colin and I am the skipper on your journey in mastering your leadership. So let's get started. You might have found this topic quite interesting and if you're like me, Presumably you see certain behavior around you, like from a colleague or perhaps even in your team and you think, this is not really working. This is not really the right moment to do like this. And at the same time, you think, I hope it gets better. I hope the person sees it. And or you might be thinking, perhaps somebody should take care of this. Until the day that you say, I've had enough. I can't stand this anymore. I have to do something. But by now, the problem has become so huge, it's become so ugly, you don't really know how to get started. It is, it's like, in, like a mountain in front of you, and that mountain is full of demons and snakes, and let's face it, who would want to go there? But if you could address these things, and this mountain of snakes and demons in front of you would perhaps be smaller, and it might even disappear. It would never be there. What would you feel? Would that actually take away some of the anxiety you have about certain situations you have at work? Would you feel better? Would you perform better? In this Power Hour today, we will take a look at the behaviors you would like to address as a coach. And we will explore a little what it's going to take you as a leader to get started around these things. And specifically, we'll review some of these behaviors and we're going to turn it around in a surprising way so that you can really work with these behaviors without stepping on the people's toes and stepping on snakes or on demons which are on this mountain. And... At the end, I'm going to share with you a coaching tool. And this is this is really the high class of coaching. And I would like to I would like you to pay attention on that tool because this is really going to turn things around for you. I mean, let's face it, these things are very urgent. I mean, in a changing world, the behavior that once was okay today is ineffective. I mean, the norms change, yeah? And with that, the expectations from your customers and your peers change too. I mean, what was good before 
today is more like acceptable. And since everybody is connected to everything through the internet, and everybody is competing with everyone, everybody's trying to be the best to win customers. And it is so easy in the internet to copy everything. It's just a click away, which means what was great before, because it was like unique, it was outstanding. Today, you can copy it and it becomes like the norm. And this also goes for actions and behaviors. What was once good becomes bearable now. The rules have changed and we need to help our team to change their behavior to match those trends. One time I had the opportunity to ask a group of managers the question, what behavior would you like to coach? And it was quite interesting to see the behaviors they came up with, because I'm quite sure that when you listen to these behaviors, you will notice, well, that could be my team. So let's have a look at these behaviors. The question was, what behavior would you like to coach? And the answers were selfish behavior, when people are only thinking about themselves and not the company. Um, somebody else said, I think it's more the attitude I would like to change. And another comment was, I like to, I'd like the person to be more active. And this triggered more thoughts. They could be more active during a meeting. They're being very reserved. They're not involved in discussing the monthly targets. I want to change their involvement. Some people, somebody said, I want more structure during the meetings and better follow-up. And some other said, I like the person to work in a more structured way on the right accounts. Somebody would like to coach the sad and angry behavior, uh, colleagues. Um, another one was said selfish behavior, only thinking about oneself. And another one was they could be more active. An employee was looking at the company goals, um, like more like managers' demands. Then somebody else wrote biased behavior. They would like to change that, only focusing on the negative points. Or somebody else said, I would like to change and coach people who are falling back on you when you propose a change, criticizing and referring to top management instead, sort of hiding behind top management rather than following the ideas. Or somebody said, um, I would like to coach somebody who's comparing tasks and thinking other tasks are easier than the ones that they have. And others, they are like using traditional systems and not really changing. These are typical behaviors that we would like to coach. And I don't think any one of these is unique and you quite find perhaps yourself and your, your peers or even your, your team members in some of these comments. And how do you really coach that? Of course, I could turn it around and, and I say, well, we have certain values as a leader, which we would like to apply. And the first question would be, well, what do we have to address these things? You know, we have got the the value as being a leader, being the communicator, saying, I am clear and direct. I am a role model doing changes. And when you think about these things, already you come to mind in the sense of, well, how much am I really doing around these things? Am I a role model? Am I doing parts of these? Am I always sort of engaged in the meetings? Am I always focusing on the targets? Of course, you believe you are, and I believe I am. 
but you see it in other people. Do you explain one of further further along the communicator side? I am explaining our goals and priorities, starting with the big picture. I share knowledge and information all the time. What about the decision maker? The value as a leader of being a decision maker. I'm business minded and I'm result oriented. I am courageous and I take responsibility to do what needs to be done and I challenge the present way of driving continuous improvements. I'm quite sure you're doing a lot of it, but turn it around. Do your people see you doing this all the time? The third leadership value we have is coaching. I'm a coach. I'm a positive mindset and I'm opportunity focused. Even around people issues? I'm caring and easy to access. I trust, I listen, I support, I challenge. I work through people not solving the problems themselves and I review performance and give constructed feedback. If you're, think about these values one more time, the communicator, the decision maker and coach and the details of the actions and behaviors I've been reading out. If you're not doing these to the fullest consequence. What results do you have? What impact do you have? And this is where we all have to stand. Not only when we look at our employees and we would like to coach them. That is where we all have to understand that even as a leader, I am in the same situation, which means that the result that I get is the sum of the consequences of my actions and my behavior while I'm trying to get closer to my goals. And that's what I really see in others when I look at their actions and behaviors. I think that they are not really contributing. They're not really helping us getting closer to our goals. And that is why I would like to coach certain things. That is why I would like to address certain things. And of course, you could say, well, we have our company values. We've got our passion for our customer. We've got our personal commitment. We've got our family spirit. And we've stated behaviors and actions in these values, how people should be. So shouldn't they be doing more of this? And in a certain sense, you're right. They should be doing more of this. But just using the corporate values would be like giving you a club in your hand so that you can knock people and say, you're not doing this. You're not doing it all the time. You're not doing it consistently. You're not doing it to the fullest effect. But then, coming back to the leadership values, the question would be, well, what type of thoughts would you have to have and what type of perception would you have to develop around your people? Would you really be trusting and listening? Would you have a positive mindset? Would you really be caring if you were thinking like that? So we have to find another approach to really turn things around because there is a certain danger in going down that route. And the danger is described by Mahatma Gandhi's sequence of beliefs and thoughts. And it starts like this. Your beliefs drive your thoughts. So if you believe that your people are not doing enough and all around these things, what are your thoughts? And your thoughts drive your words. So what would you start saying in such a situation like that when you get a little frustrated around 
your thoughts. And your words become your actions. So you start doing things. You start reacting. And your actions, then after a while, they start to become habits. And your habits become your values. And your values become your future. So your beliefs shape you. So what type of beliefs do we need to have as a leader to drive change, to drive and empower people to change a behavior that we think is not efficient? That is where we have to start. What is the belief that we have to have in our heads before we start thinking around what we are observing? Because if there is one task that you can work on as a leader and do more of, it is the following. Leaders create an empowering meaning to your actions and your behaviors that inspire you to reach your goals. Let me repeat that one more time because this is very important. Leaders create an empowering meaning to the actions and the behaviors that inspire you to reach your goals. So if you create a meaning around that the people are not doing correctly, not doing enough, or not being active enough, is that really empowering? Would that really inspire them to reach more of their goals? Probably not. So we have to do something else. And what we need to do is we have to think about the fact that every behavior, and I really say every behavior that somebody does, in their mind has a good reason to do it. And of course you can say, well, come on, Colin, come on, seriously. If I see that behavior, what good could be behind that behavior? If somebody is sitting there quiet in a meeting, what good could there be? They're not contributing. I challenge you. And I say that again. Behind every behavior, there is a good intention. Now, it could be that you don't know that intention. It could be that you would not approve of that intention. But in the person's mind, there is a good intention. So the empowering meaning that you would want to instill in the people is on one side, recognize that positive intention. And on the other side, instill a empowering meaning in another behavior that they consider to be meaningless. Do you follow my thought there? Because I've been thinking this through. Out of their perspective, they are showing a behavior that they find meaningful, reasonable, that gives them something, but you don't agree. Okay, fine. But what is it that is driving them at that moment? Can you appreciate it? Could you identify yourself with it? 
could there be situations when you would do the same thing? That's where all of a sudden their behavior becomes meaningful and empowering to you in certain situations. And the behavior that you would like to address in this situation that you would like to have more of, they immediately might turn down and say, no, 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 I wouldn't do that in that situation ever. But you have a reason and a meaning why you want to have that behavior. So there is another empowering meaning behind it. So we have two behaviors on one side, both driven by an empowering meaning, both driven by a reason to do it in that situation. And when you have these two behaviors and these two empowering meanings behind it, and you sort of address it head on, you can imagine what the result is going to be. It's going to be an argument. It's going to be a conflict around the higher meaning and who has the you know, the higher value of these things. So you want to tread very carefully around these things so that you can really address it in a right way. But first of all, before I show you this tool that you can use to address any type of situation, especially around behavior, before we do that, I'm going to show you one-on-one -on -one what could be a higher meaning of those coaching situations that the people had been telling you, uh, telling us here at the beginning. And I will share these, this list of um, coaching situations also in the show notes so that you can start thinking about, well, what would your words be around this? So let's get started. There was the first one, selfish behavior, only thinking about oneself and not about the company. You see, what could be a reason a higher meaning to do like this. Now, I don't say that you would fully agree to that. But for the, in the person's mind, there is a good reason. There is a higher value. So a selfish behavior, only thinking about oneself and not the company. What could be the reasons of somebody driving this type of behavior? Well, people like to feel important. They would like to get rewarded for their work. So they're looking to get something. On you in certain situations thinking about yourself and trying to feel important and trying to get something? Let's take the next, next one. I think it is more the attitude I'd want to change. Well, fair enough. We all interpre interpret people's behavior based on our own rules and what this means to us, not theirs. So we would want to look into the detailed behavior, what there is. And this is a great list as we continue to look at these behaviors. So the next one was, I'd like a person to be more active. Great. And people like to be cautious and they would like to wait their turn. When was the last time you actually decided to wait your turn and be a little cautious and give somebody else sort of the first choice. I would want people to be more active during meetings, being very reserved and not involved in discussing the monthly target. I want more involvement. Well, people like to think and reflect before they contribute. Don't you like to think and reflect in certain situations? I know you don't want it in this situation, but I'm quite sure you could think about 
situations where you want time to reflect. I want more structure during meetings and more follow-up when I observe the people. Well, great. People like to copy behavior. And that behavior they copy, they be that becomes a habit. So where did they copy that behavior? And what made them copy it? And what is the benefit of having this behavior? What happens if the meetings are very structured and very rigid and there's no time to discuss? Another one was, I would like this person to work in a more structured way with the right accounts. Well, people like to be spontaneous and creative. They like to have the freedom to respond to what's coming from the outside. And if they're working in a structured way with chosen and defined accounts, they feel they lose their freedom of choice. Don't you like the freedom of choice as well? Not in this case, but in other cases. In which situation would you like to choose? I would like to coach sad and angry colleagues, was another comment. Well, people can be very emotional when they can't achieve their goals or they can't reach their expectations. And sadness and being angry is an emotion. Don't you show emotions sometimes? Don't you get frustrated and even angry when things don't work? I would like to coach people to be more active. Well, some people, they don't like people who are hyperactive. How do they see you and this activity? I have an employee who's looking at the company goals like a manager demand. Well, people don't always have information to understand really how a company is run. If they had all the information, perhaps they would change their mind. So how do you feel if you're asked to do a task and you don't have all the information? Do you perceive that as a demand? Some people have biased behavior. They're focusing on negative points. Well, people like to judge on their own terms of reference based on their own experience. And judging on negative points is perhaps their way of seeing the reality. Don't you like to have realistic thoughts around your projects and decisions? I would like to coach people who are falling back on me when I propose a change, criticizing referring to top management rather than following the ideas. Well, people like to feel safe in their actions and they want to be loyal to management. Don't you want to be safe before you start an idea that somebody suggests to you? Don't you want to double check whether this is in the frame of being loyal to the company, whether you should be doing it? I would like to coach somebody who's comparing tasks and thinking other tasks are easier than their own. Well, people like to be sure that they can be successful 
just like you, you want to be successful. So if you had the choice, wouldn't you want to choose a different task because you believe you can be more successful on it? I would like to coach people who are using the traditional old system and not changing. Yeah, people like to get things right. They would like to deliver correct results. That is why they stick to routines they know. So in which type of situations do you prefer to do things you know? Where you know you're going to do it right and you, you know you're going to get the right, the correct result. So you see, behind every one of these situations where I would like to coach somebody, there is a reason why it is like that. And I'm quite sure you could find situations and reasons where you would want to do and copy this type of behavior, but you don't agree to that specific situation. So the first thing you would want to do is, of course, ensure that you appreciate that type of behavior because you know somewhere you would do exactly the same. So it's not the behavior that you want to change, but the perhaps the awareness to change that behavior in a certain situation and adapt more behavior onto the situation. So... Here's a task for you. I've been creating a table, and I've put that in the show notes and you can download it. And I've created the table with these comments. So you can have all these comments, these coaching situations that people have been adding here, and you can think about every single one and turn it into your own situation as an exercise. Because you can think about, okay, I have seen this behavior that I want to coach. In which situation... Could you imagine, or perhaps you've even seen it? And the next thing you would want to think about, what is the higher meaning and benefit of that behavior in that situation? Can you think about it? And the next thing you would want to think about, in which situations would that behavior actually be useful? Of course, you you judge it not to be useful in that situation. That's why you want to criticize and coach it. But you want to, but there are different situations where it is useful. What would the value be of this behavior in that other situation? And here's a trail of thought then, where you can then think about your own experience with such behavior in another situation, where you can think about, well, when would I do this type of behavior? When would I consider this type of behavior being useful and valuable? Now, moving forward, you would want to look into see, well, what type of behavior would I want to have more of in that situation? Because the two behaviors that we're talking about, on one side, the behavior that you don't want to have is presumably right on the opposite scale of another behavior. But you have to consider the fact that the people who are showing this behavior, they don't really want to go all the way onto the opposite scale of their behavior because they don't want to be there. They don't value that behavior. So what is the desired behavior in this situation that you would like to have, that you would like to start to develop? What is the value and the higher meaning of these new behavior? And when people understand 
what their behavior is and what value it brings and feel appreciated around the value and see that perhaps, okay, in this situation, it was not perfect. And there would be another adjusted behavior that would be more perfect and there was a value behind it that would match this situation better. You're creating a gap. And the gap is where coaching starts. So let's look into a model, a, a tool, so that you can do this type of coaching step by step. Because you want to push for the change. And you realize by now, if you're thinking about business coaching, it's always that I, as a manager, I have to push for change. Nothing happens on itself. If I want to have a culture of performance, if I want to have certain behavior in my team, if I want to push for changes, I push for the change. So you want to write down this acronym, I push, on a vertical line, put it on a piece of paper, start with I and then P-U-S-C-H on the, on the column here on the left piece of your paper. I push. And I will walk you through these five lines, five steps of this I push acronym so that you can see immediately how you can do this. So the I, the I stands for introduce the observation. Obviously, you have observed something that you would like to coach. And which means that you want to refer to that observation immediately because that observation was something you, you saw, you heard, and you read or something, which means that you want to address this directly. You want to introduce it by the words, when I saw you doing da-da-da-da, when you said da-da-da-da something or other. That's the introductory part. And then the P stands for picture the positive meaning. And this is why the preparation becomes very important because sometimes it might not just come to you. But the positive meaning starts with a sentence, I thought that, let's take this one. When I saw you, you know, leaning back and thinking about the discussion and observing us discussing, discussing around this topic that we had around our monthly meeting, I thought that you were thinking about how you could contribute and you were following the discussion to find your ideas around these things to drive us to the next level. So with that type of words, you're creating a positive meaning or intention of the behavior, which would work fine in another situation. The next line is the you. You want to unify yourself with that type of behavior. Which means that this may, you could start the sentence with words like, this means that in situations when we can have time to reflect and everybody then can contribute, really bring out our, our ideas in the team. And I sometimes myself, I need time to reflect, especially in heated discussions when everybody's talking up top of each other and it's hard to follow. See what I'm doing? I'm creating a positive feeling around that behavior and I'm unifying that behavior into myself because I know I would do the same in certain situations. 
And now you want to do the S, you want to show the gap. And you would want to use it with words like, in this situation, we're really looking to have the whole contribution of every single person in the team. And that means I would like to have every person contribute with their ideas so that we can make sure that we really have 100% of the brains focusing on that topic. And it would be great if you could, you know, just chip in and, and share your ideas. How do you think you could do that? And with the last question, you're at the end of the push because you're turning the pushing over to them with that question. How do you think you could do that? And the only thing you want to do at that moment, you would want to honor their ideas. And the person might say, yeah, I could raise my hand to say something. And that's all that is needed. Because you're just inviting, you're just honoring that little spark of change in that person's habit in being a little more interactive in that meeting. They're not going to go 100% onto the other side of the scale and, you know, interrupting the other people and piling all over them with ideas. They're going to take a tiny little step forward. That is why it's so important to honor the ideas. So I push for change is the acronym here. I introduce the observation. I picture the positive meaning so that I can create that picture that that behavior is actually good behavior. I unify myself with it because I would use this behavior as well in certain situations. And I show the gap of that situation, how that behavior does not serve the situation, serve the value that we would like to have. And I ask and I honor the ideas that come to take the first step towards a new type of behavior. And these are the things I can do to push for change. And it is not critical at all, even if I'm even addressing things that I would want to criticize. But the positivity in my approach and the fact that I unify myself with the person I have been observing and I'm addressing makes them makes us feel partners in this. It makes us it makes us feel that we have commonalities. We like to do the same things. We have so same values. Which means that we can do this together. We can do this little change. And by honoring the ideas that come, you give the authority to the other person to move forward. Which allows me for today to close really with the key element around coaching. And that is that coaching is creating, is about creating the positivity in the need to change. Don't get me wrong. There are certain things where you'd want to give feedback on behavior because it's out of the line. But coaching is not that moment. Coaching is creating the positivity around the need to change by creating the commonality, by sharing the same values, by honoring the ideas that come irrespective of the size and the magnitude and the 
level of courage that is required for these changes because you want the changes to start. So coaching is about creating the positivity in the need to change. That is your intention with coaching. This was the Power Hour with me, Coach Colin, the skipper to your leadership. And if you found something interesting during this Power Hour, why not just go over and press like or even share it with one of your peers because we all want to be better and it is very rewarding to see other people getting better around us. And if you have any questions about this Power Hour or around leading your team to success, just private message me, text me, get in touch with me on Facebook or send me an email. Because always remember, I am Coach Colin and I am here to help you master your leadership.